today on It's Time. The devil will spend every effort that he can to prevent you from being about your father's business. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 2 Timothy. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Second Timothy chapter 2, uh, we remember last week when we left off that, that Paul's uh, ongoing message is God is bigger than whatever is going on in your life. He says, though I am chained in verse 9, he said, God is not chained. I like that. Always remember God is bigger and has a different perspective than we do of the situation that's before us. Whether good, whether bad, and sometimes we find that sometimes God allows troubling things to come into our life to slow us down, to realign our purpose so that we don't make a bigger mistake later on. So this is why the Bible says um, that all, you know, counting all things good to those that love that are called according to God's purpose. We want to be about our daddy's business and, again, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, In all things, I I actually went to a church one time when I was younger, and this is, well, the minister said, well, you don't have to give uh, thanks to God for the bad things that happen in your life. No, that's not what the Bible says. Either you're in Christ or you're out of Christ. If you're in Christ, all things work together for good. Even the things that hold us back, even in our minds, the unanswered prayers, all of those things are in part what bring us into the will of God. I've had so many uh, people sometimes on Every Man Answer call up and say, how do I know the will of God for my life? Uh, and, and really, the will of God is determined by several things. And again, giving thanks for all things. In other words, I can accept God's will for my life, good, bad, or ugly, in my mind, that God says, I am working out a plan in your life. So that's where we have to rest in that. How can we do that? Now, this is really important because uh, we have a hard time understanding that. Well, when we realize that God is bigger than any circumstance in my life, and he's using whatever circumstance it is to bring me into his perfect place, I just say, okay, God, I rest in that. That takes the stress off of me, takes the stress off of you. And as Paul says, I am what I am by the will of God. I, I, I pray that you can all uh, say that this morning. Now, if you're not a Christian, I don't know that things are working for your favor. In fact, I think even the good things that happen sometimes to the unbeliever are really in the long run a bad thing. I uh, shared this before many years ago, but I used to work with a guy that would ritualistically, faithfully, go to jackpot and gamble. And I remember he came in on a, on a Monday morning and he said, hey, everybody, and he had his seven $100 bills in his hand. Mike always says, here, I never win. Well, look at this. And he came up and he went like this in my face and I just, I just smiled. I didn't know what you say to that. And I looked at him and I said, you know, you've lost worse this time than you've ever lost before. 
He goes, hear that, everybody? He says, I lost. This is the proof. Well, next week, on the following Monday, Lucky came in. And he was dragging his uh, chin on the floor. And I said, don't tell me, you lost your $700 and your paycheck. And he said, how'd you know? And I said, because when you're not a Christian, even when you think you're winning, you're losing. But you know, when you're a Christian, the Bible says all things work together for good. Paul says again, verse 9, 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, even though I'm chained, God ain't chained. God's bigger than anything in my life. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word this morning, we ask you that you give us your wisdom and we remember these things. When the trials come, when it gets hard, when God, we get frustrated, we just ask you that you give us your wisdom and you show us what to do in every situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we look at this, Paul says, remind them of these things. Now, uh, Paul, uh, the aged, Writing to a younger minister, probably somewhere around 35 years old, Timothy was. And he writes to him, Timothy was there, left in Ephesus, ministering to the saints. And, and you might say that uh, the book of Timothy, First and Second Timothy, are what I call inner office memos, okay? Because what it really is, is that he's writing to this younger minister to encourage him in his relationship with God, to stay in faith, to stay where God planted him. And even though he may not have felt like it, he says, keep going, Timothy, don't give up. And the inner office memo is when you teach, these are the things that you need to be mindful of. I think it's very good advice. And it's something that we can all apply to our own life. So he says, remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Now he says, remind them. Who are them? Them is the people that lived in Ephesus as he was sharing with them. The second part we find here, be diligent to present yourself approved unto God, a workman not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the worth of truth. What the word in the original Greek means to cut a straight line is what he's saying. He said, know what God's word says. And again, there's nothing worse than trying to defend yourself as a Christian if you don't know the Bible. And I, I've shared this so many times because, you know, um, in, in, the, in the Greek, there are words for different things. And, and one of those things is uh, what we call a moment in time or a moment which separates from all other time. We all have had that experience when we went on our family vacations, and you remember the night that the big lightning storm came and blew the tent over, and you're, and it's as vivid in your mind as the night it happened. But the rest of the trip, you can't really even remember. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. But it's those moment in times that define time. And I believe that as we look at this, and uh, I remember in my own life, when I listened to some people that were uh, what I believe... Uh, biblically defined as a cult. And they were sitting there telling me that Jesus wasn't God. He was Michael the Archangel and all these different things. And I knew what they were saying was wrong, but I couldn't defend myself. I was about 18 years old. I still distinctly remember looking through the screen door on a late summer afternoon. And I was so frustrated as I closed the door because though I, I, I couldn't defend myself, 
These people went away thinking that they were right. And I go, God, I don't ever want to be like that. So show me what I need to do. What will make the difference in your Christian experience is to know God's word. Not my favorite topics, but to know God's word. Now, that's why we teach line upon line, precept upon precept. As the book of Isaiah says, we are to learn the Bible and when we go to church. So that's why we do that. He says, be diligent. To present yourself approved unto God, a worker, not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of the truth. What does that mean? What does rightly dividing the word of truth mean? I, I think that's really important. You've got to look at a couple of things. One, who was it said to in the Bible? Why was it said? What is the prophetic application of it? And what is it saying to me right now? Those are all part of it. You know, God only told one person to build an ark. His name was Noah. God does it. So people say, well, we apply all of God's word to our lives, and so therefore everybody get busy on your boats. No, it was only to one person. That's who he said it to. And what was the purpose? God was going to destroy the earth with a flood. And so by God intervening in in the affairs of men and in Noah's life, God equipped Noah to do the job set before him. The point is, is not that we all should be building boats, but that God will provide whatever is needed for what God has called you and me to do. That's what the Bible says. Now, it's impossible if you're born again that God has not got a purpose for your life. The devil will spend, as you as as a Christian, will spend every effort that he can to prevent you from being about your father's business. That is the purpose of the enemy. Why? Because you, as a child of God, will have an impact in in the family of God and those led into the kingdom of God by your testimony. Always remember that. So he says, be diligent to present yourself approved unto God. This is not something that just happened a long time ago. Diligence is something I got to do every day. I got to be about my daddy's business. We all have to do that. Now, we're going to talk in a minute about what happens when we're not. Because I have never yet, in reading the Bible and anywhere else, ever seen anybody that batted 100%. In fact, uh, the Bible records for us groups of people, individual men, men who God loves, such as King David, that didn't bat 100%, but God wasn't done with them. So let's look at this. He says, shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. You know, there's a lot of stuff that is taught that sometimes is best never to be mentioned. Now, this is a problem, and sometimes in church we find a lot of things that aren't in the Bible that are, that are expounded upon. We just need to stay away from those because instead of it increasing to godliness, it really causes confusion and we need to eliminate it. I I was at a pastor's conference one time, and uh, the pastor said, when you teach, teach the Bible. Somebody laughingly put their hand up and said, what else would you teach? The pastor said, a lot of junk. Well, that's true. Why? Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know the Word of God. They haven't been diligent in knowing God's Word to present a message, first of all, that's easy to be understood, that's relevant, applicable and convicting. All these are elements in which are needed in the family of God. Now he says, 
shun profane and vain babblings. Why? They don't accomplish anything. They just don't. They're entertaining, but they're not God. So he says, stay away from those. And their message will spread like cancer, like Hymenus and Pilatus are of this sort. What a tragic thing to have your name in the Bible as an example of what not to be. That's pretty bad. So he says, be careful. Because your words can, instead of encouraging people, can take their heart away from those very things. And these couple of guys did. Now, what were they doing? What was the heresy? Interestingly enough, Paul tells us what their heresy was. Have strayed concerning the truth. So, truth was no longer an element that these couple of guys wouldn't. And by the way, these guys are mentioned back in 1 Timothy Five years before or thereabouts, the estimate between 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy was a period of about five years. And they were doing this crazy stuff back then. They hadn't repented. They were still doing it. So oftentimes you'll find persistence in, uh, in strange things. And they were saying that the resurrection was already passed and they overthrow the faith of some. That's the whole purpose of false teaching anyway, friends, is to knock you off the path. So he says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We don't want to do that. Why is that? Well, because sin never does me good, never helps me. It may uh, uh, look good at the time, but there's a hook in it. Now he goes on and he says this in verse 20. But there isn't a great house, and primarily some people believe this great house was maybe speaking of the temple. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood, clay, some for honor, and some for dishonor. Wow, what is that saying? Well, it says in the house, there are those things that are beautiful, and there are things that are those that are kind of yucky, okay? There are the ashtrays of life. There is the trash cans of life, is what he's saying here. In a great house, there's things of honor, things that are beautiful, and there's things that are not. Now, this is what he goes on, and he says, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter. What does it mean here? Those that are vessels of dishonor. Now, how did you get dishonorable? Going back, he says, those that do not, uh, those, those who, as it says, let everyone whose name, the name, that name, the name of Christ depart from iniquity. How do you, how do you become a vessel of dishonor? By iniquity. Well, to some people, you're lost and gone and Dreadful, sorry, Clementine. Well, that is what the Bible says. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, which means repentance, which means you ask for forgiveness, you get back on doing what God wants you to do, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, means set apart, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So if you came in here today or you're listening somewhere around the world and you say, well, Mike, It'd be nice to be a silver vessel. It'd be nice to be a gold plate, but I'm an ashtray. Some great words for you here today. The Bible says repent. And the Bible says that you will be restored. He says you'll be set apart, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. 
Now, again, this is important because the devil will come along. I've even heard ministers do this, saying, well, once you've messed up, you're gone, dread, dreadful, sorry, Clementine, you're over with. Well, that's not the God I serve. That's not the God you serve. We have a God of the second chance, third chance, fifth chance. In fact, Jesus, they came to Jesus one time, and he said, how often shall I forgive my brother, Lord? Seven times? And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. He didn't say 490 times, and then on the 491st time, let him have it. No, he's saying, as often as they'll ask for forgiveness, forgive them. If that's what God expects you and me to do to one another, how much more does your Father in heaven forgive us? But you know, the devil will spend his whole existence, your whole existence, telling you that God doesn't want you, you're an ashtray, you're a trash can, you're a dippity dumpster, you're something else. God doesn't want you out with you. God doesn't do that. Paul says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, we cry, Daddy. And you know, if you have kids, and I don't care how much your kids have fallen down, skin their nose, you pick them back up in your lap, and you love them. The only thing that's required for me to pick my child up is when they come to me, with their hands lifted up. Boy, I'll tell you, I'll pick my kid up every time with that. Well, as we look at this, we find that this is what God and his relationship with us is like. He wants to restore us and prepare us for every good work. Verse 22, free, flee youthful lust. What's a youthful lust? Youthful lust is doing something without thought through consequence. Have you ever done that in your life? You ever been with your friends in high school and they say, hey, let's get some salt and dump it into the water cooler in the teacher's office. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Until they catch you, uh, they know that you did it or whatever other thing there might be that was done. I remember when I was in, I never heard this before. I remember when I was in high school, the guy that always did the announcements, and today in the cafeteria it will be chili dogs and corn, you know, whatever, and salad. For some reason, his youthful lust was to barricade himself in the, uh, the audio room, and for two hours we listened to the Beach Boys over the loudspeakers in school. I never forgot that. I don't know why I shared that. It was just one of those things that youthful lust. Things that seem like a good idea at the time, but when thought through, you go, no, nope, I don't think I should do that. Well, here's the thing. Youthful lust will never produce the righteousness of God because there is something wrong with it. That, in fact, in general, that's what's wrong with sin. Sin always looks so good. You know, the devil knows how to package it and polish it and really, you know, put the ribbons and all the, all the trappings on it. And we go, ooh, that looks good. And then when we get into it, we go, this is a mess. How do I get out of this? And we spend our lives, instead of moving forwards towards the kingdom of God, we live our lives in what I call the wish of would Wish I'd have done this. Wish I'd have done that. We sound like a bunch of broken washing machines. Wish I'd have done this. Wish I'd have gone there. Wish I would have stayed here. Well, living life in regret. That's what God doesn't want in our life. And so he says, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing they generate strife. Get out of the things that produce nothing 
in your life. You know, I think this is why sometimes it's really good to take inventory of where we're at. This is one of the things that I think happen in the, as the Bible says, being thankful in all things. This is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. Knowing God is bigger than anything that's going on in our life. When we take inventory of our life, when we, we, we're thankful, we look at the things that are producing versus the things that aren't. And you know, you can waste a lot of time on things that are of no profit. Things that are not benefiting the kingdom of God. They don't even benefit you. We just spin our wheels. Somebody said one time, isn't that what the whole purpose of television was invented for? Was to waste time. I think so. But you think about things that burn your time. You know, your life is precious. And when we think about the things we can spend our time on and and everything. Man, I'll tell you, when I become thankful, I go, God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Well, why can't I thank you for these other things? Because they are profiting nothing in our lives. So he says, I got to look and see what is benefiting and what is generating strife. Now, strife is not always generated in other people by our behavior, but we can have strife in our own life. This is why a person wants to kill himself. Too much strife in your life. Well, the Bible tells us that we want to move away from those things. Verse 24, he says, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. And if God perhaps will grant them repentance so they may know the truth. Wait a minute, what's that verse all about? If God may grant them repentance. I thought God would forgive anybody that would ask. And here it's saying that maybe repentance is questionable. See, that's what, again, going back to rightly defied the word of truth is. Now, if somebody was just to take this verse and show somebody it, it would say that, well, maybe God will forgive you. Maybe he won't. That's what I call the old 2020 rule. When you see a verse in question, look at the verses before it, the verses after it. It's going to give you a pretty good understanding of what that verse is about. When we read the next verse, we get the clarification on this. That they may come to their senses. That God may grant an individual, that they may grab a hold of where they're going, where they've been, and they'll repent. It isn't that God doesn't, but I do believe, friends, this is why prayer is important, especially for those who are not saved. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.